together for the man of God, our pastor, our visionary. <laughs> Would you like to stand up if you can't see him? He's rather short. <laughs> We love you, Pastor. We're ready for the word. Amen. Thanks, Did you hear what she said? If you can't see me, I am here on the front. All right, I want to I preach to you this morning on a message titled, Keys to Life. There are keys that God has for you to live the life that he wants for you. Amen. And why is keys so important? Why? Because keys represent opening and closing. That's what keys represent. They represent opening and closing. And keys means the difference between freedom and imprisonment. That's what keys represent. And the third one is that keys represent the difference between life and death. Hello? If you have the right key, you can open the door to life. Hello? That's what God wants for you. Amen? And you need the right key you have the right key for your life this morning. You can unlock destiny. You can unlock breakthrough. You can unlock creativity. You can unlock healing. You can unlock freedom. And you can unlock peace. There's so many of us today, maybe even here this morning, that we're struggling with those things. We are praying and we're trusting God for breakthrough. We're trusting God for freedom. We're trusting God for peace. And all along, God says, if you have the right key, you can unlock that over your life. Amen? There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a show, I think, with Trevor Noah. This one skit that he does, uh, the guys are sitting uh, at the police station in the middle of the night, and the guy says he lost his cell phone. And the, the lady that was standing behind the counter says to him, but you are supposed to keep your cell phone on your passen. Ever heard that? You need to keep it on your passen. White folks are like, what is he saying? <laughs> Which means that you need to keep your key on you. If you don't have this key on you, you won't be able to access what God has for you. Let me make another example. After the service, when I go home, I've got my keys right here. This is my car keys. And I have full confidence when I press the button, the car's going to open. I have full confidence, praise God, that I'll put the key in the ignition. And when I start the car, it will take me to the destination where I need to be. Amen. Hello? Hello? But I got a story to tell you. Last week, Friday, that wasn't the case. Oh, my gosh. I just came back. I was in such high spirits. I came to church. And Friday afternoon, we finished at 1 o'clock. I went to the car, had my bag. I put it in the back. I opened the door. I got in, put the key in the ignition. And my wife was standing right there. I think I'm going to blame her. She's not here now. But anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So my wife was standing there, and I think she called me back. And I got out of the car, and I came back. I closed the door, and I walked up to the, the steps here. And I heard that click that's from the devil. Hallelujah. Anybody ever had that click? You're like, this is the enemy. He's <laughs> after me, you know. And the next moment when I went back to the car, I tried to open the door, and I locked the keys in the car. So I left. I, I locked the, phone, the, the keys in the car. And I was like, and my wife is standing there. Jordan comes out of the church and she starts laughing at me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the people that are around me. They're, they laugh at me. Instead of finding a solution for me to get the key out the car, she was laughing. So the next moment, I had to phone, uh, I think it's LNA, 
to come and open the car for me so I can get my keys, right? The guy came here literally. He was there five minutes. He had some little pump that he used and whatever. And the next moment, the car opens and he hands me my keys. But with handing my keys, he gives me an invoice for 500 rand. Hello? So you got to keep your key on your person. You got to keep your key on your person, right? So I saw the guy, a little bit of a smirk. He was like, oh, this guy. (laughs) Five minutes, right? But here's the thing. It didn't stop there. I went with Amber to Home Affairs. And we did her ID. I got home, and I was looking for my phone. And I couldn't find the phone. And I had to face Natalie Janssen again. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So what I did was I went onto my laptop, and Apple's got this thing called Find My Phone. Anybody have that Find My iPhone? So I went on there, checked it out, and I saw the last time my phone pinged was in Newman's door. So I get into the car. Thank you, guys. I hope jo- I wish Jordan had that response to me, you know. So I got into the car, and I, I went to Newman's door, and I was praying that it will be there. Somebody will have my phone. And thank God, I got into the home affairs, and this lady kept my phone for me. Isn't that amazing? That's good people, right? But what's amazing is that she didn't hand me 500 rand invoice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thank God for the people at Home Affairs, right? But here's the thing is that what Apple does, it gives you a map to find your phone. And what they've done now, they've developed a new little tag that you put on your keys. And if you lose your keys, you can go the same way on your laptop and you can actually find your keys. So they create a map for you to get the keys. So this morning we're talking about the keys to life and maybe you don't know how do I get these keys. If God wants freedom for me, if I, want, I need peace in my life, I need a breakthrough, where do I find these keys? God has given you a map as well to find those keys. If you just begin to keep looking, you will find what God has for you. Amen. And that key is found right there on your lap. It's found right there on your cell phone. Hello, you have it with you every single day, but so many of us, we don't open up the map so that we can find the keys that God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. All right, so John 10 verse 10, can you put it up, baby? I want to give you four keys this morning. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Read that again. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. What happened this past week in Jeffreys Bay? People are getting shot. People are attempting to kidnap kids. Last week, Friday, a young man shot somebody five times in the back. Hello? That is the enemy. He wants to come, kill, steal, and destroy. Amen? But how many know that we are not going to partner with that? We are not partnering with the plans of the enemy that he has for Jeffries. Amen. Why? Because God says, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. And what does that mean? The kingdom means righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hello? So when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, what do I do? I use the key that Jesus gave me, and I start unlocking righteousness. I start unlocking peace. And I start unlocking the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when I access that, what happens? The kingdom of God comes into this place. And every other kingdom that wants to rise up will have to fall. 
So we, we do not partner. Yesterday morning at our prayer meeting, we said that with everything that has happened last week, the enemy wants to bring fear over the people of Jeffreys Bay. But we don't partner with that this morning. Come on, church. We don't join the conversation on Facebook. We don't say, oh, I can't believe what is happening in town. Hello. We know that God has given us the keys to the kingdom. And the Bible says, he says, I want you to pray like this. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth. Amen. So he says, um, I have come. That's what he says. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's it. Who wants life to the full? I want. Hello? I want the life that God has for me, right? But here Jesus gives us the first key. He says, I have come. So who's the first key? Jesus. He's our first key. Why? Because he opens the door for us to step into eternity with him. Amen? And it's important for us to start with him. And I love John 10, 10. You, you don't have it there in the Passion Translation, brother. If you can find it for me real quick. Anybody have the Passion Translation? You can go for it real quick. Can you get there? Can you get there? Hallelujah. You guys good? Come on, it's good to be here. Say neighbor. Neighbor. You got to get the right key. Come on, look at your other neighbor that really wants you to unlock what God has for you. Say neighbor. You got to have the right key on your person. All right, there we go. He says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you everything in abundance. What a promise, amen? I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. He says, life in its fullness until you overflow. Hello? He doesn't just want to fill your cup. He wants you to overflow, amen? And this word abundance, I want to show you real quick. Abundance means plentiful. Abundance means that it's, it's over-sufficient. And abundance means overflow. And I love this. Abundance means growth. That God wants you to grow. He says, I've got the keys for you to grow. And abundance means fullness. Come on, there are Christians, there are believers today that are not living in the fullness. You're not living in the fullness. You're not living a life of peace. You, you're not living a life where, where there's freedom. Hello? Because you have not used the key that Jesus has given you. He says, in me, you will have everything in abundance. In me, you will have fullness until it overflows. Some people sometimes when we talk about keys, you can easily say to me, Pastor, there's got to be another key. Why does it sound so simple? It's very simple. It's found in Jesus. It's found in him. He is the first key, amen? And then the second key, we're actually seeing it in John 10, 10. It says, the second key is expectation. That's the key, expectation. And another word for expectation means hope. Hope. What does the Bible say in Hebrews? Now faith is the substance of things. Come on, of things. Which means that you got to live with expectation. What are you trusting God for? What are you believing God for? What are you saying over your life? What are you saying over your business? What are you saying over your family? What are you declaring over your finances? I'm always going to stay broke. 
what's happening to other people is never going to happen to me. And no wonder it's not happening to you. Why? Because you're not living with expectation. Hello? We don't go to bed tonight with no expectation to wake up tomorrow morning. We go to bed with expectation to wake up tomorrow morning. Amen? And I want, check this out. I mean, this, I couldn't believe it. This is what the culture of the day says about expectation. These are the people that you follow on social media. These are the people's comments that you are reading every day. This is what they say. They say, blessed is he who expects nothing. Can you believe that? Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Can you believe that? What a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. And for, for this person, whoever they are, to use the word bless. That's not how God wants to bless me. I live in expectation. I live in expectation. I'm expecting God to move on my behalf. Amen. I'm expecting God to give me the breakthrough. I'm expecting, I'm expecting, I'm expecting. So I don't, again, I don't partner with what the world is saying. And we are so easy sometimes to scroll through Facebook and we listen to the comments and we listen to what everybody else is saying. And instead of it uh, stirring up expectation on the inside of what does it do, it brings negativity. They say, hey, look at the markets. Look at, the, look at what's happening in America. Look what's happening on the news. And all that it brings, it steals your expectation that God can still move in our nation. God can still, there can still be revival in our nation. Amen. Can you put up Romans 24, 25 of the, the Passion Translation? Amen. Come on, we got keys this morning, man. God has given us keys. This is so powerful. Verse 24, he says, for this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? There's some stuff that you are trusting God for. There's some stuff that you don't have yet. And what I want to encourage you this morning is to live in expectation for those things. It's to have hope in Jesus that he's going to provide and he's going to open the door for those things. Amen. All right, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Don't worry, I'm getting there. Uh, you're worrying about your chicken in the oven, hallelujah, but it's okay. All right, here we go. Number three, another key that God gives us in his word is delight. 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 How's that a key? <laughs> you're like, how's it? There can't be a key, pastor. Can I show you? Psalms 37 verse 4. Man, I love the scriptures, the Bible, amen. He says, he says, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. And he will provide for you what you desire the most. There's some things that you are desiring. There's some things that you're trusting God for, but you are finding your delight in everything else there. Hello? And here's the, here's the, here's the interesting thing when it comes to the word delight. You cannot have delight without effort. You cannot say, I'm, I'm delighting in the Lord, but I, I put no effort in. I put no effort in it. And why do we have to put effort? It's not, it's not on, our, on our works. I want you to understand that. But it takes us to put effort into it. Say, man, I am going to delight in the Lord. And wh what does that mean? It means that we have to withdraw from the eager desires from the things of the world. And so I got to move into that space. 
I got to come away from the desires, the things that so equally easily come and it, and it puts me under bondage, the things that so easily come, I got to move myself away from it so that I can delight myself in the Lord. Amen. It means that when we delight ourselves, we're fixing our eyes and our attention on Him. And then we find delight in God. Amen. And I love this, what the commentators say. They said that finding delight in God is a key to a happy and satisfied life. Wow, so simple. But yet nobody uses it. We've got the map in our hands. We've got the map every day and stuff, but yet we don't use it. And we're looking for keys to happiness. We're looking for keys that's going to satisfy us in everything else. And no wonder we end up being disappointed all the time. Hello? We end up being disappointed every time. Whereas if I follow what God is saying, if I follow the map and he gives me the keys and the key of delight. So, man, I'm going to delight in him. I'm going to delight in him. I'm going to take my focus off the things of the world and I'm going to focus on him. And I'm going to be relentless about it. I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to search after it. I'm going to spend time in God's presence every single day. Why? Because I delight in him. And what happens, the desires that we have, it starts, the, it starts aligning itself with the desires that he has. Because our desire is his desire. Hello? And what does the world do? What, what, what is the purpose of, of secular culture out there? It wants us to push you away from what God's desire is for you. Amen? So if we're talking about delight, then we have to, if that is a key and it's a key that we don't use, we got to ask ourselves, but what is robbing us from putting our delight in Jesus? What is robbing us? What is taking us away from our delight in Him? It's this thing called sin. Sin will keep you away from God. Trust me. It will keep you away from God. It will keep you away. And that sin that, that's, that comes every day, that you start getting involved in, and what happens, it ensnares you. It puts something around you that you cannot come break loose from it. And therefore, you cannot delight yourself in the Lord. So it's time for us to get to the place of saying, man, I got to get rid of this stuff in my life. I don't want to miss the mark anymore. I don't want to put my delight in the things of the world anymore. You know, I'm walking away from this life of sin. And here's the thing. It is an effort that you need to take. This is, man, I'm walking the other way. That's repentance. I'm turning around and I'm going the other way. Hello? So our first key is Jesus. Our second key is expectation. I love that key. And our third one is delight. So I want you almost like to imagine this morning, you know, you have a key ring where you put all your keys on. I want you almost to imagine this morning, just in the spirit that, hey, here's my key ring. And on my key ring, I've got all these keys. And whenever I come and face a problem or a challenge in life, what do I do? I reach into my pocket and I begin to pull out keys. And I say, man, this problem that the enemy is giving me, I don't need to deal with this. Let me open the door. This depression, this anxiety, I don't have to deal with it. Let me open the door that God has for me. Amen. So number four in closing, and I love this key. Again, it could be, you could say, oh, it's simple. But this is not a simple key for me. Number four, 
key that God gives us is praise. 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 That's a powerful key. Amen. And I want to quickly, this word praise, it's actually a word called hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this word hallelujah is broken up in two words. It's halal and yah. Halal and yah. And halal means to boast, to brag, to make a show and looking ridiculous. You can't praise like this. You can't, you got to look ridiculous. Some of you need to pick up some chairs and wave it in the air. You know what I mean? And you got to brag. I got to brag on God. Why? Because I know what he's done for me. And therefore I can brag on my God. Amen. And this word, that's halal and yah means God. So who do I brag on? I brag on God. I get ridiculous crazy in my praise because of God. Amen. And I found this on, 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 uh, on Google. You know, I'm not that smart. I know you guys think I'm so smart. But, you know, what's, inc- what's really interesting about the word hallelujah is that it is not translated. I hope I say this right. It is transliterated. Is that right? Where's the English people? It's not translated. It is transliterated. And what that means, it doesn't matter where you find yourself in the, in the world. It doesn't matter from what nation. It doesn't matter from what creed you are. Hallelujah means hallelujah. So God puts this thing, he puts this key in place that he knows that universally everybody can use this key. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? He says, hey man, if you're going to delight yourself in me and if you're going to go crazy in your praise, you're going to unlock things in your life. Amen. Hello. I remember my mom is here when I was, I think I was probably like nine or ten, and I had this thing that I wanted to learn to play guitar. I don't know if you guys, maybe some of you have heard the story. And because my mom, she was a single mom working two jobs sometimes to just look after us, I took like this piece of stick, like a low, what do you call it, like a, a plank. Is it right? A little plunky, right? And what I did was I took my pen and the guitar is six strings. So I would draw six strings on this little plank, right? And every Sunday I would go to church and I'll watch the guy play the guitar and I would watch his fingers and watch what he does. And when I go home on Sunday afternoon, I'll take my stick and I'll place my fingers on the strings and I would make the sound with my mouth. I would go ching, chicka, ching, chicka, ching, chicka, ching, chicka, ching, chicka, you know? And you can ask my mom, I used to sit against that house here in Tornainstraat, against the wall on the grass and I would just do that the whole day. I would come from school the next day, do what I need to do, and I'll take my stick again, and I'll do that. And there was a lady across the road from us, her name was Louise, and Louise had a guitar. And every time I'd go to Louise's door, they had those horse doors, what do you call them? Stable doors, hallelujah. (laughs) And I would go and lean on the stable door, and I would hear her play, and I would watch her play. And inside of me, there was a desire that that's the sound that I want to release. Inside of me, there was a desire. And as I was carrying on, I was always going to Louise and watching her play. The one day she says to me, do you want to try? Do you want to play? And I was like, this is my moment. Let's go. So I took the guitar and put it over my neck. And I'm not lying to you. I did exactly what I did on that stick, on that guitar that day. 
And without anybody teaching me a lesson or anything, I began to play the guitar. Began to create the sound that I was making with my mouth and started coming out of this guitar. And every day, uh, Luis, she would let me play the guitar and I got so excited. And then I was going, we at church five days a week, like literally, like elke dag is kerk. <laughs> kerk, 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 kerk. Sondagochtend kerk. Zaterdag aan, bid hier. And you know, my mom would put, put me on her back and take me to church, right? But while I was in church, the people were playing guitar. And, um, and then the one day, my mom was doing an open air, and there was nobody to play the guitar. And she said to me, tomorrow morning, Sunday, you're going to play the guitar. Because my mom was singing and she was preaching at the same time, right? So I'm on the, so the morning she takes me, I'm still sleeping. She puts it over my, my neck and she says, Chris, you must play. So I'm standing there sleeping and I'm playing this guitar and it's cold, it's ching, chicka, ching, chicka, ching. And people don't know, man. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know, right? So um, I was playing the guitar and everything. But you know what? What I only realized later on in my life, that desire that I have on inside of me, it was God beginning to birth something in me. There was something inside of me beginning to cry out for the presence of God, the presence of God. And the one Monday we went to service, and again, there was nobody there to play guitar, and they handed me the guitar in the service now. I'm, I'm this small, you know, and I can't speak for now in the right? And I started playing, and I started playing, and it was the first night. The second night, nobody was there, and I played again. The third night, I played again. And I'm telling you now, guys, I would go to school in the day, and I was looking forward to being church the evening. Why? Because I was going to play guitar, and we were going to praise God. And on Do Mama, we would come from church, and then say, Gafur, with my guitar, and spiel, and then, On Do Mama, ne? Die mense ken nie my And I would play the guitar. I would be in front just playing, 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 and I would, I would live for it. I, w- I was so passionate about it. I was passionate about the house of God. I was passionate about the things of God. I was first in church, and I was the last one leaving. I was packing down the sound equipment. I was packing the chairs. I was there serving on a daily basis. And if there's anybody that knows me, I've got a passion for the house of God. Man, I've got a passion. for. The- it doesn't matter what I go through. I love the house of God. This is the point that I want to make this morning. As much as I played the guitar, as much as I found so much joy in it, as much as I loved going to the church every day, when you looked at my circumstances, you would have said to me, what's wrong with this boy? How can he praise like that? How can he sing like that? How can he worship like that? Because on the nights when we were walking home and I was in front playing the guitar, you know what was waiting for me? You know what was waiting for me at home? The possibility that my mom will get abused by my stepdad. You know what was waiting at home for us? A man that would shout and they would embarrass us in front of people and saying, where do you come from? But every night we were in church. Every night we praised God. We didn't look at our circumstances. We praised God. We knew that God has given us a key. Amen. And I was going to use that key whenever I find myself. Because here's the thing. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, your praise is a problem. 
Everyone's like, I'm, I'm glad you're listening. Come on, say again, neighbor. Your praise is a problem. It's a problem for heaviness. It's a problem for depression. It's a problem for anxiety. It's a problem for poverty. Amen. It's a pro problem for limitations. Hallelujah. Your praise is a problem for your problem. Whew. Come on, that's a good one right there. Hello, hello, hello. Come on, we got to praise God. Amen. What a key. What a key that God has given me. And, and in closing, I want to say this to you. When the Springboks were playing last year and they were winning the World Cup and we saw all the videos and I saw the videos of you guys, some of you here. You were jumping on my couch when I wasn't there. Stuck at my TV. Madge was like, at my TV. Come on! Hello? And people will brag and go crazy on the Springboks. Think about it. And when the Springboks win a game or they win the World Cup, everybody's happy about it. And when the Springboks starts losing games, what happens? There's no more support. But what I want to leave with you this morning, church, is that how is it that we can brag on a Springbok team that has the potential of losing a game next week? And yet we come to church and there's a man in the house that has always won the battle. There's a man in the house that have set you free. Hello. And the thing is, I got to wind you up to praise him. How is that even possible? Because can I tell you something? I know you love Sierra Khaleesi. But when you're lying in hospital and you need a miracle in your body, Sierra Khaleesi is not coming to the hospital. Your favorite artist, Kurt Darren, Captain's Spanish Sailor. Hello. When you're in a dark place with depression and anxiety and things are tough, Kurt Darren and Captain Sally Sailor, it's not, not going to work for you. Hello? It's not going to work for you. What's going to work for you is when you begin to praise God. You begin to praise. You know, we read the story in that book of Acts from Paul and Silas. And the Bible says in the midnight hour, in the midnight hour when it was dark, when, it, when there was nobody there, they were in the jail. And the Bible says they, had, they were locked up in chains in jail, these two men. And I love what they do. Their response is, man, I've got a key. I've got a key chain. Let me see what's on this key chain. And they start going through it, going through it, and they realize the key that we need tonight is praise. The key that we need tonight is that we got to sing hymns. The key that we need tonight is that we got to worship Jesus. And what happens, they get up and they begin to sing. They begin to praise. They begin to praise. They begin to praise. And what happens, he comes into the room. He comes into the room. They get his attention. And the Bible says, all the chains started falling off them. Hello. And the next thing, the chains fall off. And the Bible says, the doors, the prison doors flung open. Hello. And the doors didn't just open for them. The doors open for every other prisoner that was in the prison. So could it be that your praise can unlock the limitations on the people around you? It can open the prison doors for people around you. So your praise is not just for yourself, but it's what God can do around you. Amen. So look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, your praise is a problem.
for your problem. Your praise is a problem for the spirit of heaviness. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. I pray that we will be a house that the team up here doesn't have to psych us up to praise God. That we would come in here and there will be such a noise and a sound in the house because we understand that that key of praise carries power. Amen. So what are our keys this morning? Jesus. Number two, expectation. Number three, delight. And number four, praise. Praise, praise. At your house, begin to put on some music. Begin to shift the atmosphere. When things are a little bit dark, begin to shift the atmosphere in your house. Begin to praise God in your house. And he will work on your behalf. You know what? Depression and singing can't live in the same body. Praise and anxiety can't live in the same body. I tell you now, it can't. Hello. So when you begin to open up your mouth and you begin to release a sound, the Bible says the spirit of heaviness has to leave. Amen.